Hey, I'm Brandon, the online campus pastor here at Big Valley Grace, and thank you for taking a moment to watch this message. It is the teaching portion from one of our live weekend worship gatherings, and we have those every single weekend here online and in person, and I just want to extend an invitation to you to join us. We're just a local church, local body of believers, and we would love if you would join us uh, on a weekend upcoming here sometime soon. Uh, but as we get headed into this message together, a couple things just want to point you to. One is a connect card. If there's any way that, that we can pray for you, if you want to contact us, that Connect card form is just a really great way uh, to let us know that you're joining us. Any next steps you want to take, stuff like that is right on there. Also, if you want to bring an offering, a worshipful gift uh, to King Jesus, you can do that right on our Give page on our website or via text. So hope you enjoy the unpacking, the unfolding of the Word as we look at it together. Well, I also want to welcome you to Big Valley Grace Community Church. We're excited that you're here together to worship Jesus Christ. Welcome to everyone who's here on the Modesto campus, as well as everyone who's here online, watching live right now. Right at the beginning, I just want to say, say thank you to a group of people, and that is the Big Valley Grace staff family. They have worked so hard during this series, in preparation for this series, and during this series, and have done an excellent job. Thank you, team, for the way that you serve Jesus with joy. And we're just really, really blessed, our entire church family, with your, with your gift of service to Jesus. And so thank you to the team. We're going to be in Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 10 today. We're, we're wrapping up our series, Grace Transforms. We've been in this series for uh, 12 weeks. And as we do that, I want to share a few things before we get into the text. First of all, we are one church. We currently have three campuses. And this church is represented in many, many neighborhoods. And when you think about the name of our church, the name of our church is Big Valley Grace Community Church. And if we were to explain why is our name Big Valley Grace Community Church, I'd say it like this. We want to reach this big central valley with the grace of Jesus Christ in community with his church. And if we were to live up to our name, we would accomplish our purpose, which our purpose is to bring glory to God. It's the purpose of our lives as individuals, my life, your life. It's the purpose of our lives as the body of Christ. It's the purpose of our lives as an organization in the church, Big Valley Grace Community Church, which is why every day we want to live on mission to love God and to love people and to make disciples who love God and love people and make disciples. And the process goes on and on and on and on. And if we were to take our name and our purpose and our mission and we were to point it in a direction... That's when we get when we talk about vision. Vision is about setting direction, where we're heading together as a church family. And if we were to take our name and our purpose and our mission and point it in the direction of our actual neighborhoods, we get a vision that sounds like this. Love your actual neighbor. What does that mean? What would that look like? Well, it means every member of the body of Christ. And that is people who are believing in Jesus Christ. And we spent two weeks in this series looking at believe. Being led by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. That is someone who's being an incredible influence to those who are around them by the power of God working through their lives. We spent two weeks in this series looking at influence. Evangelizing. That's bringing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to win people to him. And we've spent two weeks looking at win in this series. And discipling our actual neighbors. When someone comes to Christ, they need to be discipled. They need to be grown up in the Lord. They need to be equipped in following Jesus. And during this series, we've spent two weeks looking at equip. And then leading them to do the same. That discipleship would multiply through more and more 
people. This is what, this is what the scriptures say about how this is possible. This is only possible when God's grace transforms our lives. How can we love our actual neighbor only because of God's grace changing us and transforming us? Listen to the description of the transformation that Ephesians chapter two, verses five and six share. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This verse explains that it is by grace, it is by grace that you have salvation. And there are two transformations that this verse explains. The first is it says, when we were dead. This is speaking about spiritual death because of sin, which is how we all enter into this world, even when we were dead in our trespasses. But because of grace... A transformation has happened in our life, and that is God made us alive together with Christ. God has transformed us by his grace from being spiritually dead to being spiritually alive, and that is by the grace of God. The second transformation that this verse explains is that he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We start out as residents of earth. That's how we enter into life. But by grace, grace transforms residents of earth into what the scriptures call a citizen of heaven. He raises us up with him and seats us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Grace transforms residents of earth into citizens of heaven. Which is why 12 weeks ago, what we shared at the very beginning of this series is that this is all because of grace and that we need to hold on to grace. We need to hold on to the grace of God. We need to grab a hold of the grace of God and we need to grab a hold of the grace of God right where we live. That we would claim where we live for the grace of God. We would claim our residence as a residence of grace. Here's the stake. Uh, that we handed out. We handed out a 1,000 of these stakes that went into residences all throughout the community. And this is the picture of the gray stake that's in front of my house. There's a little bit of a mashup between Halloween decorations and Thanksgiving going on here. But that's right in front of my house. And this is not to say my family is perfect and we've arrived. This is to say we're holding on to grace. We're holding on to the grace of God. And we're claiming the power of the grace of God for our home that the grace of God would change us and transform us, that we might live as a residence of grace. During this 12-week series, not only on the weekends have we gone through this together, but in life groups, in homes, meeting in neighborhoods. In fact, during this series, there was 10 brand new life groups that were formed. There's over 800 adults participating in life groups, in homes, meeting in neighborhoods. That represents 69 homes, 69 homes in Stanislaus and San Joaquin County walking through this series together, life on life, discipleship, incredible what God is doing. Grace transforms residents of earth into citizens of heaven, and those citizens of heaven do a few things. The first thing is a citizen of heaven believes in Jesus Christ, and that's really how someone becomes a citizen of heaven, because you place your faith in Jesus Christ, and grace transforms you. 
And this is every member of the body of Christ. At the beginning of this series, our women's ministry threw an event called the Believe event. And during that event, a woman shared her testimony, incredible testimony of how the grace of God had transformed her life as she placed her faith in Jesus Christ. And that story represents many, many stories in our church family. The grace of God is for men, it is for women, it is for boys, it is for girls. Every member of the body of Christ. In our passage in Acts chapter 19, we'll begin in verse 1. We'll see how this passage helps explain the truth about grace. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, now I need to make a note about Apollos. Who's Apollos? Well, in the previous chapter, we meet Apollos. It says he's a man who's eloquent. He's competent in the scriptures. He'd been instructed in the way of the Lord. He was fervent in spirit. He, taught, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he only knew the baptism of John. So a couple disciples come alongside him, Priscilla and Aquila, and they hear him, they take him aside, and they explain more accurately to him the gospel. So they, they help him have a more fuller understanding of the gospel. So in this passage, in verse 1, it says, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth. So Apollos now, he was in Ephesus, now he's moved on to Corinth, that Paul passes through the inland country and he comes to Ephesus. So Paul's not the first one. There were other disciples who had come before him. But he comes and it says there he found some disciples because God had already been doing the work. And he said to them, he asked them a question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? The reason Paul is asking this question is he's trying to find out if they are actually believers in Jesus Christ. Because what the scriptures teach is that when someone places their faith in Jesus Christ, that God, as a proof to their salvation, places the Holy Spirit of God in the life of a believer. It is called the seal of our redemption. And so the Holy Spirit is present in the life of a believer, and the Holy Spirit is a proof that the person has the promise of redemption. The person has salvation. And so he asked them this question to discover, do these people actually know Christ? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, no. We've not even heard that there's a Holy Spirit. And then he said, well, well into what were you baptized? Because they had been baptized. Well, what were, if you haven't heard of the Holy Spirit, what were you baptized? And they said, well, we were baptized into John's baptism. So Paul now explains to them. He says, well, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, but he was telling people to believe in the one who was going to come after him. And that is Jesus so what Paul does here is he understands that these people have a partial understanding of the gospel, so he explains the gospel to them more fully. And in explaining the gospel to them, he clearly points them that their response is to believe in Jesus. Believe in Jesus. So what happens? Well, in verse 5, it says, on hearing this, so on hearing the gospel, they were then baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. So hearing the gospel, they respond to the gospel, they place their faith in Jesus Christ, and they are then baptized in obedience in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul comes into Ephesus, he has an assumption that he brings with him as he comes, and that is that the grace of God is going to be good enough for everyone he meets. In the scriptures, in Acts, in a previous chapter, it says the disciples say this, but we believe that we will be saved 
through the grace of the Lord Jesus just as they will. In other words, the grace of God is good enough for every type of person. And the grace of God is effective for all kinds of people. We have something really to celebrate here. And that is in 2021 at Big Valley Grace Community Church, there's been 111 people baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit through the work of the gospel here. Isn't that an awesome thing to celebrate? The grace of God is still good enough. The grace of God is still impacting people as people believe and place their faith in Jesus Christ and him alone. And then they take a step of obedience to Christ in believer's baptism. Number one is a citizen of heaven. Citizens of heaven, they believe in Jesus Christ. Number two, citizens of heaven influence for Jesus Christ. This is being empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit of God empowers all believers, all ages, all stages. We have a great testimony to share with you that in October, in our middle school ministry, our middle school students were challenged, you go invite the person you don't think will come. 20 new kids came. Because middle school students went and invited the person they didn't think would come. The grace of God can work through all ages, all stages, the Holy Spirit of God working. A high school student went to their science class, their chemistry class, and a high school student decided to invite everybody in the chemistry class to church. And two people from that chemistry class came. The grace of God will get it done. The Holy Spirit of God working through the lives of young people. It's amazing to see. In this passage, in verse 6, it says, When Paul had laid his hands on them, that the Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying and there were about 12 men in all. What's amazing about this verse is not Paul. What's amazing about this verse is not that Paul laid his hands. What's amazing about this verse is not that his hands were laid on them. What's amazing about this verse is the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God is what's amazing about this verse because it says the Holy Spirit of God came on them. When people believe and they place their faith in Jesus Christ, the scriptures teach that God places his Holy Spirit as a seal of redemption on the believer. And this verse is explaining that took place with these people, that the Holy Spirit came on them. And when the Holy Spirit came on them, there was a result that then took place in their life, and they began. Because the Holy Spirit came on them, they began they began to respond in the fact that the Holy Spirit was living in them. And in this instance, in this case, what that looked like is they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. They were speaking in tongues, known languages that they had not previously known, that they are now speaking for the purpose of sharing the gospel. That they are prophesying. They are speaking the word of the Lord. Literal transformation is taking place in their life as the Holy Spirit is now working in through their life. Now, speaking in tongues, I have not had that experience. But what I have had is the Holy Spirit come on to my life. And the Holy Spirit come on to my life that I might begin to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. As a believer, you should expect the Holy Spirit to lead you to begin to live differently that the Holy Spirit will empower you and the Holy Spirit will lead you to live differently. And in this case, it says there was about 12 men in all that this took place to, that this happened with. When you hold the word of God in your hand, the scriptures say it's the word of his grace. 
That's what you're holding in your hands. When you have the Holy Spirit of God in you, the scriptures call it the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace. You have the Holy Spirit of God, the Spirit of grace in you. In Acts chapter one, verse eight, it says that when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be my witnesses. The Holy Spirit comes into our lives and transforms our lives. Incredible by the grace of God. It was just a few weeks ago, there was a young adult, he's in his early 20s, and he came up to me in the Welcome Center after the service, and he said, Pastor Joel, I want you to know, I brought my actual neighbor to church. Here she is, I'd like to introduce you to her. That young man gets it. He understands. He gets it. In September, our student ministries challenged our high school students. Hey, go get them. Go get them, go get those students and see what God will do. And 80 new students came in the month of September to our student ministries. People responding as the Holy Spirit of God is working through his people. In the last 12 weeks, we've had as, the, as a church the opportunity to launch a brand new ministry to refugees from Afghanistan. The ministry has been called Settled as people are resettling and we're helping people resettle. We've been able to distribute bags of grace, little packets of care items to give to those who are homeless in our community. There's been many, many neighborhood meetups. And just, you know, last service, I had someone tell me, for 37 years, I lived in the neighborhood, never met my neighbors. I don't want to live like that. When we spoke about influence for two weeks, I shared the story about how I changed my internet at my house to be called Jesus Loves You, so that when people come into my neighborhood, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you, Jesus, it just pops up on their phone, right? New, new Wi-Fi, Jesus loves you, right? And then I could share the gospel to give them the password. Well, some people heard me share that story and they decided to do the same thing with their bowling league. And so here's a picture of a bowling team that changed their name to Jesus Loves You. And in the bowling alley, it has to say Jesus Loves You on the screen. Because Jesus Loves You is bowling. And they're being an influence. They're being an influence. Here's a picture of, uh, from a woman named Lucy. She's a part of our series campus. And she decided at uh, Halloween that instead of just handing out candy, she was gonna put bags together for children that would have the gospel in them and explain to kids about Jesus and invite them to the series campus. And so she used that night to share the gospel as kids were coming to her, looking for candy, and they got a whole lot more. Thanksgiving Reach is coming up. The whole point of Thanksgiving Reach is that you would sign up to come down here, fill your car up with groceries, and that you would go into a neighborhood and you would deliver groceries to someone who needs food. But it's not about food, it's about the gospel, which is why we've put together videos that are on our website right now that help you see, here's how you can share the gospel. Here's how you can share your testimony. Here's how you can walk alongside with somebody after they place their faith in Jesus Christ. It's about being an influence and we're using groceries to get us into neighborhoods so that we can have conversations with people who live in homes and we can be an influence for the gospel. Number two is citizens of heaven influence for Jesus Christ. Number three, citizens of heaven win with Jesus Christ. This is evangelizing our actual neighbors, bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ that someone might be transformed from death to life, from a resident of earth into a citizen of heaven. In verse 8 of Acts chapter 19 in our passage, it says about Paul that he entered into the synagogue and for three months he spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. So Paul understands that there's like a religious headquarters in every town and that religious headquarters is the synagogue. It's where really religious Jews would come together 
And they thought differently than Paul. So Paul said, that's exactly where I want to go. I want to go to the location where everybody thinks differently than me so that I can bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. So he, he heads straight for the synagogue, and it says for three months he did something. He spoke boldly. He spoke boldly about Jesus, that he reasoned with them. That means conversations are taking place. That means dialogue is taking place. This is not a one-and-done moment. This is many, many moments of dialogue and conversation as he's speaking boldly, and he's reasoning, and he is persuading them about the kingdom of God, that people are not only being influenced, they're being one to Christ. They're being one for the gospel as he's persuading them. At the end of Acts, this is how Paul describes his work and his ministry. He says, I don't account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course in the ministry that I've received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. He's saying, I am running a race, and the whole point of the race I'm running right now is for the gospel. It is to share the gospel of the grace of God. It's the whole reason I'm running towards the finish line. Had a great uh, story was shared with me last week, a man named Mark, who's a part of our Modesto campus. In his business relationships, he has, stewarded his, he has stewarded his business relationships with his clients very well. And in one particular client, a family, he's uh, been in business with this client for over 20 years. And because of the way he's treated them and the way he's had opportunity with them, it led to an opportunity last week on Thursday where he was able to have a conversation very purposefully with their 17-year-old daughter. And on the phone, he shares the gospel with her and she comes to know Christ on the phone with him because of this long relationship in the way that he has represented Christ in his business. Who is the person that you have been in a relationship with for a long time? And there is coming a moment and God's gonna give you the opportunity to speak boldly and to reason with them and to persuade them about the kingdom of God that they might be one for Jesus Christ. I want to share with you about Christmas. When you think about Christmas at Big Valley this December, I want you to think of it as the whole month of December, that we're going to share the gospel in the first week, we're going to share the gospel in the second week, we're going to share the gospel in the third week. We're going to share the gospel every week in December. The theme is hope has a name. We're going to address the struggles that people are experiencing right now and how Jesus Christ is the solution for the struggle that they are in and that that hope, it has a name. His name is Jesus. And he brings hope for now and he brings hope for eternity. And we're going to share the gospel every weekend. So bring people. Bring people who need to hear the gospel. Bring them the first weekend. Bring more people the second weekend. Bring more people the third weekend. Bring people who need to hear the gospel. We're going to share about Jesus Christ and share the gospel every weekend in December. Our team is putting together some incredible short films in partnership with some other churches. And this week, they filmed some of those. And here's a picture on the set right here on the Modesto campus of one of those scenes. This scene depicts Joseph and his friend right after Joseph had heard the news that his fiance was with child. And these films are really high quality. They're really special. They're gonna be, they're gonna be great. Bring people to hear the gospel. So I snuck into the set this week and took a picture with Joseph 
And uh, two things, one, I was clearly at a dress code, and two, I'm way too tall to go on to like a, a, a filming set, because I'm like, I'm like out of the screen and everything, that's awesome. This is gonna be great, they're really high quality, it's gonna be really exciting. Bring people, bring people, bring people. We're gonna share the gospel. Number three, citizens of heaven win with Jesus Christ. Number four, citizens of heaven equip in Jesus Christ. This is when someone comes to Christ, they need to be discipled. They need to be grown up in the Lord. And that if someone, if God were to allow us to win one of our neighbors to Christ, we need to then disciple them and bring them up in the Lord. In verse nine, it says, but when some became stubborn, hmm, that sounds familiar, and continued in unbelief, hmm, that sounds familiar, speaking evil of the way, hmm, that sounds familiar. Was this written 2,000 years ago or was this written this week? When some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation. So Paul's in the synagogue, he's ministering, he hits a roadblock. And he doesn't quit. It says he withdrew from them and he took the disciples with them, reasoning daily in the hall of trance. So in other words, okay, these people don't want to hear the gospel, great. Who wants to hear the gospel? Let's go. Who wants to dig into the scriptures? Let's go. Who wants to open up the Bible? Let's go. Who wants to pray to the Lord? Let's go. He doesn't quit. He alters, and he goes another direction to see where God's gonna open up doors so that he can invest. I want you to imagine the Apostle Paul pouring into people as they're coming and they're open. They're open to the gospel, pouring into them from the scriptures, in prayer, in discipleship, equipping. In Ephesians chapter four, it says that the grace of God was given to us as a gift, and one of the ways it impacts our life is the grace of God is to help equip the saints for the work of ministry that the grace of God would impact every one of our lives, that we would then serve the Lord in ministry. And this is a verse that explains the grace of God in Paul coming alongside disciples and equipping them, reasoning with them daily, conversations happening daily. During this series, there were 900 hard copies of the Grace Transformed journals that went into the hands of people. That doesn't count the hundreds and hundreds that were downloaded off of our website during this series. Our online campus during this series every day at 9 a.m. with our online campus, Pastor Brandon Peterson, I had the person who wrote that day's journal do a live reading of it and then discussion that would follow. Incredible equipping that's taken place. Here's a picture of equipping that happened in a longer range and that is for the last year and a half. This is Pastor Tim Giannose, he's the series campus pastor. And this is Hector, he's a part of our series campus. And Hector came to Pastor Tim Giannose a year and a half ago and said, I would love to teach the word of God, would you help me? And they've been meeting for a year and a half, going through this book, Systematic Theology, and last week, Hector taught the word of God for the very first time on our series campus in our men's ministry. A picture of the equipping that's taking place that we would be equipped for the work that God has for us. Number four, citizens of heaven equip in Jesus Christ. Number five, citizens of heaven multiply through Jesus Christ. This is then leading our actual neighbors to do the same things that we've been doing, that the church would multiply. In verse 10, it says, in our text, it says that Paul, dealing with this group in Ephesus, that this continued for two years so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. What an incredible statement to say that all the residents, something happened to all the residents of an area, that all the residents would be impacted by something. And what was it that they were impacted by? They heard the word. All the residents were impacted in that area 
Because they heard the word. They heard the word of the Lord. An incredible picture of the multiplication of the word of God through people. That the word of God would come to more and more people. When Paul writes to the church in Corinth in his second letter, he says, it's all for your sake so that as the grace of God extends to more and more people that it may increase thanksgiving to bring God glory, to the glory of God. It makes me think about what is the multiplication at Big Valley Grace Community Church that God wants to do? How does God wanna multiply campuses in the future? How does God wanna multiply our ministry to our unbelieving neighbors in the future? How does God wanna multiply disciples at Big Valley Grace in the future? How does God wanna multiply leaders for Jesus Christ? through the ministry of Big Valley Grace for the, for the future. It made me think that one specifically about some young leaders that God is raising up right now at Big Valley Grace Community Church. I'll share with you two of them. This first one is Garrett Erickson. Garrett serves in our worship and production ministry. He usually hangs out in the back booth or behind the, the wall up there. This is a picture of him working on the set of the set I just showed you. Well, this was the early stages of him building it. I'm seeing God working this young man in an incredible way. This is a future leader for God's church, and he's right here in our midst, and God is raising him up, multiplying leaders. Really excited to see what God's gonna do in the life of Garrett Erickson. Share with you a, a second one. And this is Janessa Gonzalez. Janessa Gonzalez has been serving in our student ministries for quite some time. Last week, I went into the back of the room just to watch. And I saw her lead with confidence for Jesus Christ. She's using her one life to be an incredible influence to students. And I'm so excited to see how God is gonna continue to work through this young woman to bring God glory, that God would use her to multiply disciples. Exciting to think about God and what he wants to do in the lives of people. And that's an example of two young people that God's doing a great work in right now. It's why we have a God-sized goal. And I shared the God-sized goal actually on page one of the journal. It says, why, what's the goal of Grace Transforms? To glorify God through exponential discipleship. Disciples making disciples, making disciples, making disciples, making disciples. We wanna see discipleship explode. More and more people becoming disciples of Jesus Christ. If we look at Acts 19, verse 10, and we were to think about that verse and, and personalize it, what would it look like to say that all the residents of, and then you insert your neighborhood, heard the word of the Lord? What would that be like? If all the residents of the street that you live on heard the word of the Lord, how would that change your street? All the residents of your neighborhood heard the word of the Lord. Would you like to see the residents of your neighborhood hear the word of the Lord? Wow, we imagine that that's possible that that could happen, that all the residents of your neighborhood would hear the word of the Lord. It's why we have extended this challenge for us as a church that we would live as a citizen of heaven and love your actual neighbor. That we would live as a citizen of heaven and love your actual neighbor. That means that we would believe. This is every member of the body of Christ. We would believe that we would influence. This is being led by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. That we would win. This is evangelizing, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. That we would equip, that we would disciple those actual neighbors who are coming to Jesus. And that we would multiply, we would lead others, lead them to do the same. I want you to consider how might God be calling you to live as a citizen of heaven and to love your actual neighbor. And I wanna challenge you to consider that as we're ministered to 
through this video. Let's enjoy this video together. To all means something 
before the sun goes down Then this life that I've been living What does it mean now? At best it will all mean something With love it all means something I hope it all means something First Corinthians 13:2 says, "If I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing. If I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing. That's why we're bringing this vision to our church that we would love our actual neighbor. And this means every member of the body of Christ being led by the power of the Holy Spirit of God, evangelizing and discipling our actual neighbors and leading them to do the same. Let's pray together. Father God, Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace. Lord, all this begins with your grace. It continues with your grace and it finishes up with your grace. It's all by your grace. And so God, thank you for your grace. Lord, may we be transformed by it. May we be transformed by you. And would we live different? Would we live for you? We'd accept the challenge to live as a citizen of heaven and to love our actual neighbor. And so, Lord, we want to honor you. And I pray this in Jesus' name and all God's family say, amen. amen.